0: Welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host Tom Bilue, and I'm here with my lovely, albeit at times cruel wife.
1: (laughs) Why cruel?
0: Because you doubted me. You doubted.
1: I did doubt him (sighs) in all fairness. Yeah.
0: I can, I can hear the crackling of the fires of uh, the inferno of hell behind us. <laughs> All right, what All is right, up? All right,
1: what's up? We're talking about growth mindset and fixed mindsets today. Yeah, we're talking relationships. about
0: can you or how can you help your partner develop a growth mindset? Yeah, how
1: can you?
0: And I was telling Michelle that this question gives me anxiety. Why? Because it's hard. Like I, I wouldn't wanna be in that position. And when I think back to when you and I were first in a relationship, neither of us knew what a growth mindset was. If So what we kept talking about was growing together, growing together, mm-hmm. growing together. So that was like the loop that we were on. Um, but if we didn't already have that, like if that wasn't a part of it, like when I think about the people in my life who don't have a growth mindset and the thought of, like, really having to get them there is, it's hard, man. It's like the whole saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Or Morpheus saying, I can only show you the door, you have to walk through it. Um, and I'm very much of the um, Naveen Jane camp that don't worry about leading a horse to water, make them make thirsty. Them thirsty yeah. And that's far more interesting. But even that, like, wow. When you're in a relationship, like, to really make somebody want it the problem is they start feeling judged and so like the harder you push the less likely you are to get the result okay so if we know that we know that you can't push people into it and that they've really got to come to it on their own it's like how far like how many years of patience can you have Mm -hmm. so what i always tell people is meet that person with compassion and that's very easy when it's like your mom or your dad or a friend it gets a lot harder when it's your significant other yeah. and so it's the one thing that I'm like if God forbid something happened to you and I had to start over I would look for somebody that already had a growth mindset
1: oh yeah for sure
0: yeah I wouldn't and that's what that's why this gives me anxiety it's like if If somebody is in a relationship and the other person doesn't have a growth mindset, oh my God. But I think
1: sometimes it's very difficult there because going back to when we first met, we both had a fixed mindset and we grew together. We both had a
0: fixed mindset but an obsession with growing.
1: Right. But what if you both have a fixed mindset and one person starts developing a growth mindset, getting into content and stuff, and then the other person doesn't? And that's a question we get asked a lot. Um, And so we actually have a question. Yeah. So this question is going to give you more anxiety.
0: Yeah, I have no doubt. Be prepared
1: for that. Oh, so, kiss um, arm. oh I kiss my arm. Um Hey guys, if you're just joining us, we're answering questions live. So drop the comments or questions in. We're talking about fixed versus growth mindset when you're in a relationship where you um, have one and the other person has the other. So drop them in, um, and then also quick, click that share button if this is bringing you value. I know we just started, but.
0: Historically, hopefully, we've <laughs> Yeah, historically,
1: value. okay. All right, so we're going to kick off with the first question. This is from Lisa Gonzalez. Hi guys, I'm a single mom who's dating a new guy that lives five hours away from me, so most of our communication for the past couple of months has been over the phone. I myself am very goal-oriented. I am driven to always be to do more. Once I hit my goal, I'm like, okay, what's next? That is what keeps me living, but I'm having a hard time. He's not really into anything and it bothers me a lot, probably more than it should. He has a job um, he doesn't like and he doesn't have much drive or motivation. I have talked to him about it and he doesn't change. I keep myself pretty busy and I am at a point where I don't want to be on the phone for hours anymore. It takes up way too much of my time.
0: This he is a waits, long question, we're only at like the halfway point. He
1: waits, it's a good question though. He waits by the phone hoping I will call when I, um, and when I do, he doesn't want to get off the phone. It gives me so much anxiety. Going back to what you just said. I finally told him I needed space for a while and took a week off of talking to him. I felt so much better. I felt like I had so much more time to take care of my myself and my responsibilities and my goals. When Then when I talked to him again I explained how I felt and he just agrees and says he would give me space when I need it. Am I being too too selfish? Is this just not the guy for me? Will I miss out on a great relationship for letting these little things bother me? He's very go with the flow and probably very trainable. I don't mean this in a negative way but think of having a good dog that just oh. wants to do anything to please you. God. That That is what he reminds me of could i train him to be more goal oriented and have drive
0: i have my answer but people um tend to not love my answer so why don't you start
1: okay well um so first of all i think it's very interesting how much people reveal themselves in the way they ask the question So um, just from the fact that if you've taken a week off your relationship and you feel so much better, there's something very clearly that, um, something's trying to tell you there, that either he's not right for you, he's creating stress in your life. So I think you recognize that you have to change or do something because it seems like your relationship right now is not working for either of you. So I think that something has to change. Um,
0: What makes you think it's not working for the guy?
1: Oh, in fact, you're right. Well, if she's not happy, Do you think he's just like, ah, she's not happy, it's still working?
0: I don't know. No, I don't think he is that, admittedly. I do worry that he doesn't notice and that he may have been blindsided by her asking for more time.
1: That's interesting. So actually that would be step one. Unless she makes him him feel
0: uneasy, which is entirely possible, and then he responds to that by wanting to drive closer, which is why he doesn't want to get off the phone and all that.
1: Um, Well, so if he's uh, miserable, I think obviously he's seeking pleasure through talking to her on the phone. Um, But she clearly finds that very stressful. So they're living different types of lives, different speeds, different passions... Um, so I absolutely think that step number one is great that you're asking the questions like what is this wrong should I move on Um, is he trainable and I know you hated when she said that but like I totally respect that way of thinking now I think it rubs people the wrong way where it's like train them like a dog but I totally get what she means like I think absolutely I train you and you train me. It's like when you do something that I really like you doing, it's the punish and reward, right? It's like, do I punish you or do I reward you? Because I think ultimately, if it's something that I love you doing, I want to see more of it. So if I want to see more of it, why is it wrong to give you um, something that you want, you know, uh, reward you for it so you can do it back? I actually don't think that there's anything wrong in that whatsoever. I think people have weird connotations with the word training. So I think that is weird, and then dog, I think that's weird. The people find that weird, I should say. Um, but the principle of what she's talking about, I actually really believe in. So do you? Correct. I believe in
0: what you're talking about. I don't believe in where I fear the question is actually based in, which is what I believe in when somebody has a natural interest in something and you want to encourage that natural interest so that you know you're not pushing them down a road that five years from now they're going to be like, how did I even get down this road in the first place? I don't care about this. Um, that's what I don't want to see people do. So reinforcing innate behavior that you want to see more of, absolutely. I'm
1: gonna push back on that. Okay. Because video games. Mm-hmm.
0: I knew you were gonna say that.
1: So you, you would hope that I would get into it.
0: And why do you think I thought that? Did you used to play video games?
1: Yeah, but I had Did no... you used to
0: enjoy video games?
1: You cannot say that you Hold really, on, you really keep... thought. You're like, this is going to be so 100... genius. No, I don't buy it. Wow. You thought, she's going to be so into it if I just get her hooked.
0: It wasn't that simple. It was, I think she has an innate interest in this. I think that she has a competitiveness that she doesn't have an outlet for. She used to enjoy playing games. She's always enjoyed even her and I playing games where it's competitive. So the one game that you always liked, even when we first got married, was fighting games. And you were way more into fighting games than even I was, but it was a cool way to get you to engage. And so 100% I thought you will actually be good at it and it will give you a competitive outlet and it will be a way for us to spend time together. So In no uncertain terms, I thought this is something where I can I can leverage innate things about her. But it's guaranteed you've
1: done something that you're like she may not like this, but I want to try it because I don't think you should just be completely closed off to maybe he will like something or maybe she will like something. Yeah, yeah,
0: one hundred percent. But that then isn't training. That's finding something that they, they will actually derive an innate amount of joy and you're creating the circumstances to give them the time to really invest in that and to say, hey, this thing that I naturally like. Because remember, the process of developing a passion goes like this. First, you find something that you just have an intrinsic interest in. Mm-hmm. But it's just an interest. Like, there's a lot of things that I have interests in. Then... Because I have that interest, then I engage with it. So what I'm trying to do is get you to engage. But I'm only trying to get you to engage in things that I think either as you engage with it, you're going to be like, whoa, actually, I really do like this. I get something in and of myself out of this thing. So that I think is really important. And that's why it makes me nervous when somebody talks about like, can I train them? Yes, we can all train behavior into somebody, especially because he likes her so much. I just don't want to see her try to morph this guy into somebody that doesn't resonate with him down the road. He's doing it just to make her happy. And the only thing that he gets out of it is, oh, I'm making Making this person that I care about happy. And then that ultimately will wear off. It will stop being fun. Their relationship is only based on things that isn't, intrinsic to either of them and that's why i think the thing that our relationship is predicated on in the beginning you and i were aggressively ourselves and so we resonated with who that person really was there was no pretense like the thing that would scandalize people if they saw our early dates were neither of us thought this relationship could like be long term we didn't think it was even possible you were gonna have to leave the country and i had no interest in pursuing a long distance relationship so we came into it like fuck it i'm gonna be who i am and that's just that now that while totally accidental ended up being this just amazing foundation for our relationship and everything sprang forth from there now we have we have shaped each other in no uncertain terms and when i think of like the way that water shapes geography or tectonic plates shape geography. That's how I feel. That like that is how fundamentally and profoundly we have shaped each other. And when I think about who I would be without you if I'd never met you, it would be so different than who I am today. So I really believe in the shaping that two people can do with each other through rewards and punishment, through just innate excitement and seeing that person who you love being lit on fire by something you did, you're like, whoa, I want to do more of that. hundred percent but it all came from a real natural place of not trying to inject something into the other person that that wasn't going to be something real okay, that they could be responding bad. to in and of themselves. Now you may be the one that introduces it like let's pretend that you've never played video games before. The reaction would still have either been real or not. Like you would have either gotten into it or not. Mm-hmm. So that's like that to me is is the the reality of what has to be at the core of this. It has to be something that's really true for them.
1: So what would you advise her then?
0: So honestly, ah, the truth is like, if you feel better when you're not with him, then don't be with him. And I'm not being cavalier, which is the criticism I know I'm going to get. But the reality is I don't think that anyone has an innate need to be in a relationship. In fact, I'm gonna be really aggressive. And now if people don't like it, tough shit. Here's the truth. Go baby. You've, you've got to be strong in who you are by yourself. If you can't be by yourself, if you can't be without a relationship, you've got a problem. You're not, you haven't built you yet. And so any relationship you get into, there is no innate, authentic you to establish from which to bring forth this beautiful relationship. Now, I think relationships are amazing. And literally, I only fear two things in my life. I fear brain damage and I fear losing my wife. That is how much like being in this particular relationship means to me. So I've completely invested in it, I've completely given myself over to it. I think that when you find love and it is reciprocated and you meet as equals, there's there's nothing more beautiful. But I only feel that way because I knew who I was before we got into this marriage and I know who I am without it. And so that I think is insanely important. And that's the only way I think that people are really gonna have a functional relationship. Now that's coming from a guy who was cultivated being so intertwined that we really have a level of codependency. And by that I mean, her moods influence my moods. Mm. But that means, yes, if she's negative, that can drag me down, but if she's positive, it can lift me up. And when you have people that focus so relentlessly on being positive, we lift each other up, we make each other more, and we call each other out if we're spending time in that negative place, and we're the one that's creating the negative energy and dragging us down. So I think it that, can actually be a beautiful thing if you have rules about what's acceptable, if you understand psychology and how that can really get ugly when one of you is in a dark place and is unwilling to be lifted out of it. So I think that if you're... Feeling worse when you're with the person than without. Have the open conversation. Talk about why that might be the case. If the person can really hear it and internalize it and go, whoa, okay, I hear you. I see I need to do work on myself and you guys want to work through that and process through that. Man, I am all for that. I'm just saying that I don't think anyone has, like you shouldn't have a need to be in a relationship. And that especially if we're relatively early in the relationship, it's not about trying to make it work with the person that you're with. Mm. It's about finding someone that you can really build with and that there's so much intrinsic interest and connection that you've got something strong on which to build.
1: Mm. Yeah, that was great. This comes from Darcy Allen. Hi, Tom and Lisa. My wife and I recently separated this last week. We have an amazing, beautiful 11-month-old daughter who is who the, means the world to us. However, in our relationship, it became an infinite loop of chaos, always ending in verbal fights. Her anger issues inevitably pushed me, <clears throat> excuse me, pushed me further and further away to the point where resentment built up. Though I tried to recommend the many amazing books on self-improvement, they were always rejected and I was told to keep drinking the Kool-Aid ultimately I got to the point where separating was the only logical solution to what we could sorry it's quite far my eyes are going bad so that we could progress in our lives. I have many high goals and visions which I never felt I got support from, which made it very difficult to keep myself motivated. So I guess what I'm asking is, is there anything that I could have done that might have prevented the outcome that came to be? Personally, I believe that time apart might gain new appreciation towards each other and it's still possible that we get our family back together. Wow.
0: So way deep. And and I first just want to acknowledge the vulnerability that it takes to come on and talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I am beyond grateful for that. Now, I will say that, yes, almost certainly there's always something that you could do. And this is one of those times where... Um, I truly, I would say that I love that this feels like it was something that you really tried to work on long before you get to separating is the answer. Now, the one thing that I didn't hear in there is I didn't hear going to therapy. And so anybody that's in, that's married, and especially if you have a child, I would say that it's, I would definitely go down that road. So if you have any interest in getting back together, I highly encourage you to get a therapist, to go to therapy. It still may not work, but at least then truly if you have a good therapist, um, that you'll have somebody that can help you through that process. I I would jump at that chance if I felt like we were really struggling to go and get somebody that can help us navigate those waters. I think it's insanely powerful to bring essentially a coach into the relationship. Um, And if you wanna be world class at anything, um, having a coach is is great. So um, I would really recommend that. Um, and start there so that you can get tools that'll help you guys um, talk through this stuff. Because almost invariably, when somebody's saying something like, yeah, keep drinking the Kool-Aid, that's coming from a place of insecurity in themselves. And so something is being triggered. And so having somebody that can unpack that, that can ask questions without an agenda, because if you ask those questions, it's just gonna seem like you're trying to be right. And so um, she's inevitably gonna feel backed into a corner. But if you can have somebody that can bring that out, and ask why because it's, it's um, either you're um, misrepresenting what she said, which by the way is certainly possible, or it really is like a snide comment and, and that is highlighting that there's something that she's not willing or able to say. And I think it was in the book, a separate piece, um, I don't remember exactly, but the quote was, sarcasm is the protestations of the weak. Meaning that it's somebody who, they can't say what they really wanna say. There's something that they feel um, and they, they don't have the ability to just say it directly. And so they make snide comments, they make sarcastic comments. Um, and so getting beyond that to the truth of what that person really wants to say and isn't saying is really, really important. So um, I would say that if you haven't tried rigorous therapy, that that is the very obvious thing that has so far been left on the table.
1: Another thing I want to add, which um, a lady just um, put in, I can't pronounce her name, um, but she just said, don't forget that the baby's still young, so she may be dealing from postpartum depression, which I actually completely agree. Now, I don't know from this question if she's always been like this and you just thought maybe a baby would help. I'm not quite sure on the situation, doesn't actually say it. But being aware of that, the, the fact that the female brain isn't functioning to its full capacity. Um, in some cases. In some cases well when isn't it always that the brain shrinks when the woman has is um pregnant read the female brain in fact that would be really useful darcy for you to read that so you can actually understand what your wife has gone been um has gone through over this last year and a half um from the moment she conceived to after giving birth like her brain is so going haywire at least according to the book that's all women i don't want to be general but that's my interpretation um so the questions was she like that before or is it just been a recent thing that's really something that i think needs to be addressed um and then the other thing that i find is lead by example so um i think first of all she's saying drink the kool-aid it's definitely meant as a slight but i think she just feels badly about herself right it's easy when i say if you say to somebody um oh, you're just drinking the Kool-Aid. I think it allows them to feel better about themselves in that situation. Like, okay, it must be you. Um, So it's, I think it's just a dig. I don't necessarily think she might mean it. Um, But if she does, one thing that I would do is show why it's not just Kool-Aid, right? Show why it's actually made your life better. Because when you show someone that the videos you're watching or the content you're consuming is actually bettering your life and why it's making your life better and how it's making you happier, I think it's harder to kind of dismiss as being just woo-woo or the Kool-Aid or whatever.
0: Yeah, so um, I will also say that having goals for your relationship that you agree on, which people don't always do, and then also meaning like, hey, what are we trying to do? What are we trying to solve? Are we looking to build joy into our lives? Um, are we trying to develop a growth mindset? Like, What are we trying to do as a couple? Laying that out, putting words to it, being very clear about it, because um, you may just find that you're totally disconnected on that. And so when somebody says, oh, go ahead and drink the Kool-Aid, which it means like that's a silly belief that only makes sense when all of you agree to it, I'm going to guess that as he presented her these books, what she is hearing, even though he's probably not saying at least I really hope not, but what she's hearing is, hey, you're broken. Here's a book that's going to fix you. I'm not broken because I've read these books. I've internalized this. But you are broken. You need to read this. And so that kind of thing backs people into a corner. They instinctively are going to defend themselves. And so that's why this whole like thing about how do you get your partner to have a growth mindset, because I know what people hear um, and because I know that it can be very difficult to – Say it in a way that doesn't feel judgmental. Like when I think about the people that I love in my life that I want to have a growth mindset, the only solution that I have is to sit next to them, love them for who they are, enjoy my time with them, not have any expectation that they're going to change, not give them any sense that they should change, need to change, just to like hey, when they loop around on something negative and they're like, I don't understand why I can't get out of this, then it's like, well, let me, I'll tell you what works for me because I've been there. I totally understand that. And the way that I got myself out was by learning about the brain and like making it about the brain instead of like you, your brain, like, what you're going through.
1: But also making it about, like you said, the brain, but about yourself, because that's one thing that you did, like as you were talking, I was like trying to remember the things that you did. As you were reading these books, you were getting excited. And because you were getting excited, you would repeat certain things that you read in the book. You're like, I can't fucking believe this. This blew my mind, babe. Like you've got to like let me just read you this one chapter. And you seeing that excitement in you made me want to be a part of it and then maybe, like, huh, maybe I should start looking into it. You never were like, you need to read this book because you've got a problem so this is going to help you. It was you brought me into your world and so that's a really good tactic to use is I mean, I just saw you happy, and I saw you energized, and like it was from a quote that you read, or something that you know had happened, and it made me more intrigued. You never put the spotlight on it being my problem. It was like you're trying to improve, and this is what you're getting from it. And I just loved that. It really like encouraged me to to look into it as well. Word. Um, yeah. All right, we've got some fan shoutouts. This is uh, fans from Olympia, Dallas, Utah, Washington, and. The boogie down Bronx. <laughs> nice. No idea what the boogie down Bronx is, but and I
0: just want to say, what's up to Olympia in the house? Yeah. We used still work in Olympia.
1: Oh, wow, that's true. All right, so today we've mixed things up. We're oh. not doing a would you rather. Okay, nice. We nice. actually, so um, apparently our relationship revelations has been doing really well on our website. Nice. So Michelle came up with a good idea that she's going to actually grab a couple because I actually don't remember them offhand. So she's going to grab a couple and throw them to us to answer. Love so it. you guys can answer with us we'd love this. And if you don't know what the relationship revelations are, Tom and I sat down at Valentine's Day and we wrote a list of basically questions that we ask each other when we're on vacation or things like that to really get to know each other when you've been together for 17 years, you need to think of things fresh, um you know, come up with new things to Um, discover about each other and questions is the best way to do it and even to this day when we ask each other questions we learn something new about each other so anyway if you want to get the relationship revelations I believe it's pinned in the comments so just click on that comment thing there Um, and then while you're clicking on that comment thing click the share button so you can share this video Um, okay so you ready really yeah ready I don't know what they are I'm a little scared actually Um, okay so what three words do you want on your tombstone to describe yourself and what three words would describe your partner?
0: I know this isn't the intended answer for the question, but the truth is if it were a tombstone, I'd want obsessed with growth on mine. Hmm. I know it's meant to be like three separate words, and, but-
1: No, it doesn't have I'm to be. I'm gonna go
0: with obsessed with growth. And then
1: what three words would describe me?
0: That I'm gonna take like three separate words okay. to really get at um, you. Fierce, generous, and mm, that's so hard to only pick one, but i'm I'll go with loving
1: oh. and I, what I love about this question is that you get an insight to how someone sees you, mm. you know, because like having to define it into three words, it's like those words that you just used to describe' it's like, ah, oh, that's sweet.
0: Um, okay. And all very true.
1: three words that I would want on my tombstone. Um, badass woman.
0: Bad. came to mind. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Technically, I think that's only two words. Badass bad, is one uh, word,
1: yeah, right? hyphen. Um, and then what three words to describe your you would be, oh, I'm just gonna choose two, intensely passionate. All right because I think of you as being super intense, but you're so freaking passionate about everything you do. So so ask your partner that as well, because again, I just love having insights Mm. into how the other person sees you all right next one relationship revelation number two what is one pet peeve you have about me that you would change in a heartbeat now going to growth mindset and fixed mindset these are the questions this is another reason why um michelle really wanted to use these is because it's like you have to have a growth mindset to ask each other these questions because let me tell you this could be dangerous if you're not ready to be criticized And if you're not ready to get the truth, then it could end in an argument. But the point is, going back to what you actually said before we started this, is what are your goals? Like, we have the same goals, to improve our relationship. And to improve your relationship, I think you have to be honest with each other. So you have to ask the hard questions. And you have to be willing to take it and actually use it, like that's.
0: And here's something that, this was one of those things that was such a revelation to me that it tattooed itself on my soul. And I really hope that you guys will get as much out of this as I did. When, like, asking this question merely allows you to find out the answer. They're already thinking it. So (laughs) if you know they're already thinking it, wouldn't you rather know? Because then you can do something about it. But oftentimes people really would rather not know. It's not like it it makes them think Think, it. They're already thinking it. Like, all the terrible things about you that you think are invisible some really bad news. <laughs> Everyone already knows all about it. Like every bad thing about you, whether it's people that you work with, whether it's your spouse, your kids, they know all the bad shit. They're just not saying it. So, part of what makes this so powerful is once like you hear back like, "Whoa, they really do recognize that about me?" It gives you that like impetus to, "I can change." And that to me is the big thing. It's like I, I always say to myself, whatever they're about to tell me, I can change. And now that like they've really put a spotlight on it, and I realize, whoa, like that's how it's affecting you. Like I had no idea. Like that was a periphery thing to me, but I realized for you it's like front and center, which by the way, I'm going to hype my wife up for a second. If you're not following her on Instagram, go right now. Aww. I'm not kidding drop this feed right now go to instagram follow it. her it's crazy town like you're seeing you through your because you write it like it's a fucking diary I do, it's yeah. crazy and so i literally feel like i've stumbled upon my wife's diary and i'm like reading through it and it's all these crazy revelations about moments where i was there but i didn't know that's how you were seeing it or experiencing mm. it Like the one that you wrote, I think you probably probably did one today that I haven't read, the one that you did yesterday, I was there for, but we were having different moments. Mm. And so reading what, because it was, as you describe it, it was a completely silent moment between us. And it's not like once it was done, you then explained why you did it, it was just, we just went back to working out. So that was my insight, I was like, whoa, that's what you were going through. So it's so interesting. So the point of these questions is to get those moments of revelation of like seeing yourself in this case through your partner's eyes to understand like of the myriad things that make you up. Like what are the things that they're like they're being rubbed the wrong way by or whatever. It's, it's so interesting because it may be something you really value in yourself mm. that the other person does not value.
1: Yeah. And another thing with this question is it doesn't mean that you have to change. Like if you believe, like, no, I do that for a reason and it's like, fine, at least own it. But knowing... And saying I'm not going to change this, or knowing it and saying like I choose not to do anything about it, like that's freaking powerful. You're as saying well.
0: that because you know my answer, don't you?
1: Actually, the funny thing is we've asked. So <laughs> another thing, like the great, we're actually very forgetful. So we end up like with this question we've asked each other before. I honestly, to God, don't remember what you said. Now that's actually really bad because it means that the pet peeve that you had. In Especially
0: because I can tell by Michelle's face she does know. The, I don't. I don't <laughs> remember. So the
1: funny thing is I literally like clearly didn't take you seriously, which is pretty bad.
0: No, you took me seriously. You just have no intention of changing.
1: Oh, ooh, I'm even more... Come here, handsome. Um, our puppy's begging us to pick up. Desperate. He's developed up. anxiety. So what, um, so what is it?
0: Uh, Your, like, need to tidy everything and hide everything. and.
1: Oh. Yeah. I've got better.
0: And that's the other thing, is you've really invested in this I've gotten better thing.
1: Like, as in I actually have, or I'm...
0: And you have, admittedly, but, like, that is... That has been the longest-lasting struggle in our marriage. And I think, over time, it really will sink into me that you really have made huge strides. Hmm. um, But I still have PTSD. Hmm.
1: The funny thing is, my pet peeve is the fact that you're super messy and that I don't think you quite acknowledge how sometimes emotionally distressing it is for me.
0: Fair. Totally fair.
1: So, hmm... we do about this I mean so here's in fact we actually do work on it so the one thing that we've done is he used to be messy everywhere and so sometimes or at least now we've kind of come to a conclusion in our bedroom at least he has a corner of the bedroom that he can keep as messy as possible and I'm not allowed to touch it and by
0: that you essentially mean my closet
1: no right next to your bed he's
0: got Christmas presents Uh,
1: Christmas presents you've got like eight Christmas presents that have been sitting right by your bed in a bag no (laughs) see
0: <laughs> they're stacked nicely you, they're not just laying all over morning, the place I, you guys are Etsy. getting the wrong image this is how psychotic my wife is they are stacked so neatly i stacked them so but nonetheless they're stacked neatly it doesn't matter who did the work let's let's not point fingers and say i did this you did that
1: so and then, but another agreement that we had is he can make as much mess on the weekend as he wants, but he has to tidy it by Monday morning before everyone comes into work. So we've got certain things that we've implemented over time. I don't think we've actually gotten there yet. Um, I tried to have the cleaner do it for him, but he got mad at the cleaner because.
0: For the record, I did not get. You didn't mad get mad, but
1: you were like, "Please don't touch my corner," because she was moving so, things, and then we couldn't find said. it. Um,
0: yeah, my but thing anyway. is it's purely the time of not knowing where it got put. But so the There's no being, way this is very interesting. No,
1: but <laughs> the point being, be very honest about your pet peeves because we do try and work on it. Because here's the thing, we're laughing about it now, but there are absolutely times where we actually get frustrated. Like I actually get frustrated that someone's just come in the house and the pile is still there and I start getting like all anxious and I'm like trying to tidy it where no one's looking. Um, so it really does actually bother me. I like to make a joke of it, it makes it lighthearted, we're still putting strategies in place that we can both overcome it from both things. But these are the type of things that I think over time, it really builds on people, and if you don't address it, it becomes like the straw that broke the camel's back. And before you know it, you're resenting someone, you're not even sure why you resent them, um, and it could've all started from the fact that it it's messy, and then you perceive that as being disrespectful, and then you know it basically spirals into a million other parts of your relationship. So ask each other this question, because it's pretty intense. Yeah, but you've got to be open to receiving the answer. Um, Okay, back to fan questions. So, and in fact, if you guys do want, just to repeat, we've pinned the relationship revelations um, in the comments. So if you do want... Which is a
0: whole big list of questions to ask each other, by the way. So if you're like us, especially if you're about to go on summer vacation, make sure you download this, take it with you. Mm -hmm. We have had a freakish amount of fun and learned a lot about each other when we're on vacations we always show up with questions so I will literally sometimes write a list of questions that's over like a hundred yeah. questions long so that when we're there sitting you know waiting for our food to come or whatever we've got this fun list of things to go through
1: yeah so, all right all right uh, question all right this is from Shane Pook pronounce that okay. What do you do when your partner doesn't have the same habits as you and every time you go and stay with him, you get off of your daily routine because you don't want to upset him and it's really hard to stay focused on your goals when you're around him? Ooh. Um,
0: I have an answer. Okay. So I think this comes back to being aggressively yourself. So if you've got your routines and stuff, don't worry about upsetting him. If he's that easily upset, then you have that problem and you should address it and just not make them feel defensive about it, but say, like, these things are really important to me. Like, for instance, on vacation, the last thing I want to do is work out, but my wife is a fiend for working out. Now, that then makes me feel guilty that I'm not working out, so I've got two choices. I can either try to convince her not to work out, which brings her a freakish amount of joy. She's one of those people that gets the, um, the rush of neurochemistry that makes her feel good from running. I do not get that, so I have no intrinsic pleasure from working out whatsoever. Um, but over the years, I just realized it was a pretty losing strategy to try to get her not to do something because I haven't dealt with the fact that it makes me It'll feel make guilty. make me feel guilty about right. so, doing it. Right, so that doesn't make any sense. So instead of looking at her and saying, what is she doing, look at myself and say, why is it making me feel bad in the first place? Address mm-hmm. that issue. And then it's not gonna stress her out or freak her out. So just realizing that when somebody has that kind of um, strong emotional reaction, it is almost always because it's uncovering some insecurity that they have. So. Do your thing, otherwise you're gonna start to resent them like Lisa was saying. Over time this stuff starts to pile up. We call it dust in the relationship. So never, one little fleck of dust never seems problematic but suddenly when things are buried under eight years of dust it's horrifying and the mere thought of cleaning it off seems absolutely impossible. And that's when people just break up rather than every time address it and say, hey, like these routines are very meaningful to me. This is why they're important to me. I want to keep doing them. Um, And, you know, I would love for you to be a part of them if that's a possibility um, and, you know, invite them into that world. But you can't ever be afraid to be you. You can't ever be afraid to spend the time on the things that you want to do that are important to you. Um, So I would just make that uh, a part of the relationship and explain it to them. And the more that you talk and communicate, hopefully the easier it is for them. Uh, But I definitely would not give them up. It's not a long-term strategy.
1: And I think, like, working on um, maybe the guilt you're feeling. And the reason why I say guilt is because I felt this this morning, which um, really I kind of relate to this. So this morning I woke up, started getting into my routine. I work out. I go up. I get ready. We cross paths if, you know, if we're kind of in the gym at the same time. But we very rarely interact much Um you know, as a couple, we're going to say good morning, anyway, um, so I was about to come downstairs, I had my whole routine, just worked out, grabbed my laptop, was about to go down and make myself breakfast, and then come to work, and you turned around to me, and you said, baby, would you mind going, like, I'm, I need to ask you a wifely duty right now, so it's was like, okay, what do you need, he's like, and can you get me some food, um, because you were waiting for a call or something, you couldn't leave the room, so I was like, so here I was, He asked me to be a wife, right? And you very rarely say that during the week. So you're like, can you do a wifely thing? Now, I've got this whole list of things that I have to get done. Like, I had a time schedule, I had a business lunch that I had to go to, so I had these deadlines there, and I was like, shit, I don't know how I'm gonna do both, but I don't wanna be a bad wife. And you were just like, babe, if you can't, don't worry. And the guilt set in. I was like, how can I say no to him? And I was like, you know what? I just have to say no. Because we've made an agreement of what we're trying to do with this company, where we're trying to take it. I absolutely like I want to hold up my end of the bargain. I don't feel like I can do both in this very moment. And so as a wife, like if that was the position that I was gonna take as a whole, like I would do it in a heartbeat. But I've also promised to be a great business partner to you. And so if you're derailing me from that goal, like I had to really, really assess. And so I was like, sorry, babe, I can't. And you're like, no, you were very sweet. You're like, don't worry, like no problem. But 30 minutes, an hour, like after you asked me, I sat there and I felt guilty. And I was so close to doing it, and I just kept saying to myself Lisa, don't do it. Don't succumb to the guilt you're holding your end of the bargain by being a good business partner. This isn't one of those times that you have to prove that you're a great wife. He knows that you are. And I literally had to repeat this over and over and over in my head because I've tried to be everything. I tried to be an amazing wife. I tried to be an amazing business partner. And I just realized in that moment, I actually can't do both. And so I, I had to overcome my guilt of saying no to you. And I would just repeat and repeat and repeat for like an hour. Like I was so close to opening the fridge, babe, to get the food for you. And I was like, don't do it because yeah, So um, I totally understand how she feels, like you want to make the other person happy and you really don't, like if you're open to changing your schedule to do it, like once in a while is great because it actually shows like how much they they mean to you. Um, But I don't think you should ever give up who you are, what your goal is, what your mission is on a permanent basis. Um, That will start to become a bad habit that I think that she'll fall into and then... Imagine you've been dating someone for a year and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, this isn't working for me. I can't give up my morning routine anymore. And then you flip on a dime. That person would be like, huh? Like, I've just been with you for a year and you've never been like this. And all of a sudden you're like this. Like, yes, but I've been sacrificing this whole year. Like, I actually don't think that sets your relationship up for success. So um, being honest, saying what your morning routine actually means to you. Every so often giving it, but, you know, giving into it. Um, but I don't think it's actually healthy for that person as an individual and for their goals in their relationship.
0: Word. So. Nice. All right, guys, that's it for today. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Please do share. Click that button. Always, always incredibly grateful for that. So yeah, yeah, share, share, share. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.
1: Bye, guys.